0: Hey, 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 Elon! Hey, Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Sinister, Strange, and Suspicious. Yay! So, I know we've said this a lot, (laughs) but we really are back now, and we actually spent a lot of time today coming up with our goals for the new year and um, our plan so that we can actually be more consistent with our content.
1: Yeah, we have definitely heard from some of you guys that you are seeking more content and we will be giving it to you throughout the new year. So
0: (laughs) um, in the past, we tried to maintain a once a week schedule and we actually both are um, stepping into and adjusting to brand new professional roles um, that have kind of taken up a lot more time than we thought they would and a lot more brain space. So I, we both kind of agreed that for now, we are going to go to a once every two weeks schedule because we feel like that will help us to maintain that consistency and enjoyment, but also give the attention to our children and jobs and partners and such. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think allowing that, splitting it bi-weekly, I feel like would allow us to see it as our fun get-together friend time like it used to be rather than another An job. <laughs>
0: yeah. So... um you know, we're really excited to step back into this role. I know for me, this podcast is literally the only thing in my life that I do just for me. And that's important. It so is. I'm 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 excited to pursue this in the new year. And um, today we kind of mapped out all of our future episodes through mid-April. Yeah. And we've got a lot of really great content coming. So that's awesome.
1: And that made my, like, extreme organizational need, <laughs> just, it, it made my heart happy to be yeah, able to plan you were,
0: things out. You were nerding out a little bit. I know. So the last time we were together, we had just done our second live show. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, the Frankenfest show. And oh, so fun. That was so great. Like, a bunch of your friends came they to did. cheer us on. They did. They they are amazing.
1: One of whom just got married yesterday. Aww, congratulations. Aaron, congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Clifford.
0: Aww, the wedding I'm, was beautiful. Well, I am disappointed that I didn't know so I could crash.
1: Well, we um, they live streamed it, so
0: you know. <laughs> um, so just pretend I'm drunk with you with air horns.
1: Yes. Pew pew pew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So yeah we've got some live shows coming up this spring and summer already lined up we are making big plans for merchandise i'm trying to convince the boyfriend that we need new stickers and he does amazing art and i'm hoping that he will um give in um I can he be, really does i can be really persuasive with my mouth so <laughs> i'm gonna work on that oh. <laughs> There's never a shortage of that thing that he likes. Uh,
1: I dig it. Promise I dig you. it
0: Um, what's new with you?
1: Oh God,
0: everything, everything.
1: Everything is new with me.
0: I feel like you like, in a way like torched your old life. I
1: kind of did.
0: And now you're like stepping out of the ashes, you're re-emerging.
1: Yes, I'm here for the Phoenix analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, I, f- I. So I left the county health department. I. It was not. There wasn't really much uh, growth for me there. Yeah. Um. And I took a leap of faith and came on as a staff member of the nonprofit that I've been the board chair of for
0: several years. And I'm here for this journey yes. for you, like. <laughs> In such a short amount of time the um the blossoming that I've right? seen with you. Like it's just I think this is your path.
1: And yeah, I think so too. I feel like I I feel more authentically myself than I ever
0: have as an adult. And that is so great that you have found a position that honors that for you.
1: Yeah. So I have like I'm working with some people that I absolutely adore and spending time with people that i want to spend time around yeah. and that's not to say that i don't miss my nurses from nfp and i i miss well, no, my I, former co-workers at the county but they're
0: still amazing but they were not where you needed to be right you know? and they
1: and i you were too big for those everything exactly everything that i learned working with them in those relationships have serve me here really really well Well, and I'm still able to maintain connections with them and that's wonderful
0: and I'm sure that some of those people will follow you wherever you go like that's just you know
1: yeah I feel like that's the nature of the work
0: absolutely
1: and what about you
0: uh well I too changed jobs uh actually twice now Um, (laughs) the first one did not work out the company that I was working for did not share the same ideas about patient safety and staffing ratios and things that I have found to be typical. So we parted ways and I ended up stepping into a role as a hospice aide, And I'm still in training and it's all very new, but it feels much more in line with how I want to spend my time and mm-hmm. the the level of care that I want to provide. So I'm excited for that. And that's awesome because I, I, I know,
1: how that things went at the first job and providing these families and these patients with effective, safe, high quality mm-hmm. care, that's that's why you do the work. It's so true. not being able to do that. Yeah.
0: And this job will has a significantly lower case level. Mm-hmm. So I will have that time to go above and beyond when I
1: lower turnover want I suspect to. too.
0: Um, I think so. This new company really, um, they seem to want to form relationships with reliable people and they want to retain those employees. So, that's um, awesome. I'm really excited. It's still very new, but mm-hmm. I, my gut tells me this will be a very good thing. I
1: mean, it looks like it to me, just how you've been able to cope with other things Mm
0: -hmm. it's very relaxing like yeah you know it's like when you talked about when you started your new position and how like you can it's a much more relaxed atmosphere yeah you don't have to be paranoid about your boss knowing what you're doing every moment of the day exactly like it's just it's it's weird to get that kind of comfort and trust and I'm going to like it I think I think so too my anxiety has decreased a lot since i made the switch
1: that makes so, sense because you're not as um you haven't seemed as high strung well
0: i'm not doing the 12s anymore which God, is so. that was bad. miserable bad juju mm-hmm. um and then um the boyfriend is just he's very excited because the new ghostbuster movie came out and of course he lives for ghostbusters so i've been able to um kind of participate in some of those events and mm-hmm. things and it's that's kind of fun getting to know him in that way so that's if you live sweet. in Kalamazoo and you see the Kalamazoo Ghostbusters out and about make sure you say hi to them and grab the cute one's butt
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> please do not
1: assault
0: <laughs> his jumpsuit says Snyder grab oh my god please great... do
1: please do not assault our favorite Ghostbuster he has
0: the best ass grab it get, a handful. get you a handful oh my god <laughs> I'm only doing this because he he is our biggest fan that does not listen honestly I, it's both of them he's not a podcast guy Tony either I don't really care but I do like to give him a hard time about
1: I them. do too like I'm like the least you can do is share what we post oh my god and like <laughs> I just feign outrage all I the time I know I love it I love it's to give fun. him a
0: hard time about things
1: it's entertaining because we'll they're supportive things. as hell so. they
0: are and it's funny they're both Anthony's they are what is up with that? I don't know. And my other like super close friend Allison, she is with an Anthony who also goes by Tony. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love Allison. Yeah. She's funny. She's super cute. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do you want to hear some dad jokes? Of course I do. Um. So a Bigfoot is sometimes confused with Sasquatch. Yet he never complains.
1: Oh. Oh
0: God.
1: You know, sometimes, like, when you give, the, you give the punchline and, like, I'm physically pained, it's because I'm picturing it, I can picture the sentence, and the pun in the sentence is what's bothering me. Like, the visualization
0: I is. I know. That's a damn shame. I've met you. <laughs> so, for those of you who do not know, Alon is very obsessive-compulsive, and she has, like, a linguistics thing. Like I do. It's like a... I don't know what you would call it, like a kink or something. I do. It's, it's
1: like a it, it's 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 she's I've got a thing I've got a thing for linguistics and origins of words and yeah. dialects and all like, that stuff.
0: Like one of the first episodes we did was she based it on the <laughs> phrase sweet Fanny Adams because it had such a disgusting origin story and she needed to share that with the masses so that's the thing um, yeah go listen to that that was fun that's Um, a good one the quality is shit but it was a good episode um when we
1: get big enough we'll be able to remaster our old episodes.
0: yes it'll be great that'll be fun coming coming soon (laughs) so um they say there's a cryptid by the train station that drinks whiskey late at night but I'm sure that's just a bourbon legend. Oh, okay, I love you.
1: I know you do, but I just that one's awful. Yeah,
0: you're welcome. Genuinely awful. I googled that shit. That, I that know was you did. Wait like two minutes. I'll never get back. You're welcome. This shit I do for you? <laughs> <laughs> things we do for you oh i met you oh you met me this is all for oh, you oh well yeah sure that tracks <laughs> um why has the jersey devil been so depressed lately <laughs> oh why nobody knows the real him god that is just terrible <laughs> these terrible. are awful
1: did these come from the cryptid subreddit
0: some of them might, oh, might good might lord have, might have been reddit involved It's,
1: I feel like I can blame Reddit for a lot of stuff. You know my obsession.
0: Mm, Same. It's not pure. (laughs) It's not. It's really not. So I, I lost the coin toss. I'm going to go first. (laughs) Um, in case you didn't get the memo, we are talking about cryptids again today because awesome. these are like our favorite category. Um, I like to try to match the dad jokes with the topic when I can. That's a little fun fact for you. So
1: I mean, if they have have if they've listened to more than one episode, I feel like the average person will figure
0: that out. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it's funny you didn't know until I told you the one time. How long? What? Remember, about the themes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Remember yeah. Remember how long I well, did Well, before? It before...
1: We, yeah, we didn't, like, we never actually had a conversation about the themes. They're just mm-hmm. terrible fucking jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it took you a long time to make It did. Connection. It took, like, probably at
1: least six, seven episodes, I think. And
0: I just didn't say anything because I was like, I just want to see if she notices. Right. I'm a fucking weirdo. I love it. Yeah.
1: I lo- I, you true. know, on-topic dad jokes.
0: Dig it. That's who I am. Who I am. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Nerd, nerd, nerd. So... I was on Reddit and i I don't know how I've never stumbled across this before, but the topic of Hatman came up, mm-hmm. and um it was in reference to how people purposefully overdose on Benadryl to initiate these hallucinations of the hat man that are completely terrifying and <laughs> i just i didn't understand why you would want to purposefully bring a hat man into your life
1: also overdosing a benadryl gives you like awful diarrhea so
0: well and not just that but like it makes you really dehydrated and gross and also true. not great for your heart guys uh-uh. don't please do, don't do that we do not recommend this
1: diphenhydramine is not
0: it is, is don't not play. a fun don't play that's not a fun uh Experience. So, um, descriptions of shadow people have been passed down from generation to generation, probably since the beginning of time. They were included in not only folk tales, but important religious texts as well. I never really thought too much about them until my accidental reddit stumbling, <laughs> which you know happens sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, we're both good at that.
0: Um, kind of before we go into hatman specifically, we're gonna talk about shadow people in general. Um, Elon mm-hmm. what, what do you know about Shadow folk? that?
1: Most people see them when they are either like super 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 overtired mm-hmm. or stress. Stressed. stress yes, there's something there's some kind of
0: like cortisol or something in the yeah brain. like there's like yeah. panic
1: involved
0: mm-hmm. um have you ever seen a shadow person? Yes, absolutely. do you wanna tell us about it
1: <laughs> that would be um that was actually my first time taking Ambien,
0: oh no as a, as a teenager. You want hear a neat hero creepy side note about Ambien? What? Okay, so for those of you who don't know, my uncle is Ed Gale. Now, Ed Gale is a wonderful, if not dramatic, man who <laughs> used to perform in B-movies. And he also happens to only be three foot tall. Three foot four inches, to be specific. He is someone who has struggled with insomnia for most of his adult life. So he has ambient which he takes as prescribed right um and he had this assistant who st- used to stay with him at his old residence and he would be taking this stuff that is ambient or something similar to it i don't remember which but he would like get up in the middle of the night and stand over her and just stare at her while she was oh sleeping my God. Okay, like, you imagine, know I normally
1: love Uncle Ed stories. That is fucking horrifying. I know. Imagine oh. this
0: short guy just staring at you blankly Especially since when you he wake is, up, he, and he plays. He's Chucky. been playing
1: in horror movies for forever. Uh huh. That's fucking terrifying. I know. You're welcome. For oh, that see, image. I'm gonna have some fun dreams tonight. Oh. Um, but yeah, so this is my first time taking Ambien. I'm like 16 or 17, and they basically told my mom. To secure my room, like make sure that my windows are locked and the door like she keeps an eye on whether I'm walking through the house, whatever fun fact i am an I am a notorious sleepwalker in our family Oof. like they had to baby proof our house to keep me from hurting myself or oh, getting no. outside um so yeah, when I'm stressed out, I sleepwalk and do weird things all right so <laughs> my experience with it was i ended up kind of i guess i took the ambient in my normal bedtime get completely knocked out then it was like my my brain woke up before my body did so we had the sleep paralysis Ugh. and while so instead of like the sleep paralysis monster some people have i had a shadow man and he's probably about six feet tall. I saw like a like a wide brimmed hat. Oh,
0: girl, you got the hat man. And he
1: was he was stand- like I didn't feel scared or anything. He sure. just was he present.
0: Was, he's like a voyeur.
1: Yeah, like he was just standing like outside my bedroom door, like between my mm-hmm. room and my brother's room. So he's right outside the door, and I could see him. He never came any closer, but I could feel like I could feel like I was being watched, and it was. Scary, because I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I just kind of... I had a really, really intense panic attack and fell back asleep, so I don't know if I passed out because
0: shortness of breath
1: or what. But, yeah, that was very scary.
0: You know, I, too, have seen The Hat Man. Oh, shit. I was not on drugs, but, like (laughs) we said before, um, you know, times of stress or turmoil or things, and, um... I can remember as far back as 20 years ago experiencing Mm -hmm. this, like, and it always is cyclical, like, if, if it's a bad time in my life or whatever, and I can remember, I don't get the frozen in place thing. Mm -hmm. What happens to me is, like, I wake up with the understanding that someone is in the room. Oof and sometimes i can see the figure sometimes i can't mm-hmm. but every time it's that fight or flight thing and i have to get the fuck out of there so usually when i wake up i'm already halfway out the bed running away wow from the hat person um and i don't become really aware of what is happening until like i'm like the one time i can remember i jumped out of the bed and was halfway down the stairs Damn. Before I was like fully awake and could calm myself down and be like, oh yeah, you're safe. It's not
1: like... Right. This isn't logical.
0: This is not a danger mm-hmm. situation. So yeah, it's interesting how um, we are two very different people and two d- very different um, situations and lifestyles and whatever, but we've had very similar experiences. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's kind of a theme we're going to notice here. I <clears throat> love it. So the experts over at Wikipedia define shadow people as a perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure and interpreted as the presence of a spirit or other entity by believers in the paranormal or supernatural. Um, These things (laughs) mostly appear as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that kind of flicker in and out of your peripheral vision um but there have also been reports of shadow animals as well (laughs) which i kind of like
1: i wouldn't mind that i feel as long as it's like a domestic animal there's something
0: really witchy about that i I know right i like that so um fun fact there are actually multiple varieties of shadow people that have been described after worldwide encounters like this is not just a phenomenon that happens here in the u.s like this is something that happens to many people all over the world, and they all describe very similar things. So,
1: I feel like there's some evolutionary something there, right? Yeah,
0: there must be. Um, these ones that I'm going to read to you about, they are the most commonly described shadow people, but it doesn't mean that yours has to fit in any particular box. You, right. know? you know, be wild with your shadow people, it's fine. <laughs> so the first... Shadow people that I encountered when I went to Googling were the shades of the underworld. Mm -hmm. Um, These are said to be spirits of the dead that live hanging out with Satan in the underworld. (laughs) The artwork that I saw depicting these shadow people made them look like ghosts with human heads and arms. But it kind of looked like their bodies were very drapey and opaque silhouettes. Oh, okay. So it was kind of unique. I wish... I need to start remembering to save pictures to show you so I can get your reaction. I know
1: that they, like, kind of that uh, Greco-Roman idea Mm -hmm. of shades It is kind of what you're describing. Mm -hmm. That
0: makes sense. Um, And then the Nalusa Chito is a Choctaw story about a great black soul eater. And if I did not pronounce that right, I apologize. I did try to Google the pronunciation, um, but I was not raised around Choctaw people, so I do apologize. Um, But they actually believe that if a person was allowed evil thoughts or depression to creep into their mind, that the Nalusa Cheeto would swoop in and eat your soul before you knew it. Um, Kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, a cross between Voldemort and Candyman. Um, (laughs) Believers will not say his name because they don't want him coming around to fuck shit up. Yep. So... You know, that's kind of... I mean, I get it. Um, there are red-eye shadow guys who are dark and shadowy humanoids whose only discernible facial feature is disconcerting red glowing eyes. Oh. Their gaze alone invokes sheer terror in witnesses, and apparently the more scared and upset that a victim becomes, the stronger the apparition is. Oh, I do not like that. I know. Um, next, we have Shadows and Cloaks. These guys, um, they are not necessarily limited to cooler climates, (laughs) but they, um, wear cloaks nonetheless. Um, don't know if it's like a fashion statement or why that is, but some people see these dark entities in cloaks who have staring problems and like to lurk in the shadows and watch them. They often are accompanied by a feeling of loathing radiating off of them.
1: Oh, wow. Mm. Um,
0: There are misty shadow people. Um, Misty shadow people are exactly like they sound. They appear as puffs of black smoke-like vapor and they follow you around like a dark cloud. And they seem to be really attracted to negative emotions. Ooh. I kind of imagine it like the Peanuts character that had the rain. Oh my cloud. god, I was just
1: about to say that. Like line, or not Linus, the Pigpen yeah. with
0: his yeah. cloud of yeah, pig pen with That's kind of like I like to envision the misty shadow people. Like, I they're can just see that kind of following your aura around when you're in a pissy mood or whatever. <laughs> and then my favorite, the shadow animals. These are not nearly as common of a phenomena, but they are allegedly much harder to spot. <laughs> um, they tend to stay lower to the ground and move very fast. These entities are known to be mischievous at times. And there have actually been times, um I used to have this cat who was thirty eight pounds and he was like the love of my life <laughs> and he was the best thing ever and he died six years ago. Um, he had a tumor and he had to be put to sleep and it was probably one of the most traumatic things that I ever lived through. And um Sometimes when I am alone in my apartment, I see like a big blobby shadow on the ground out of the corner of my eye. And it's always the size of a good sized pumpkin low to the ground <laughs> and more lumbering than anything. Like my fat cat was not fast. That's what I'm
1: saying. like, as you would expect a, a large cat to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I always have the feeling that this shadow blob is of the cat like nature. And so I like to just think that it's my beloved fat cat paying me Aww. a visit. Like, that's kind of a sweet, comforting thought to
1: I me. I love that. And he yeah. just comes back to check on you every now and then. I hope that's true, because mm-hmm. I, I love him. I've decided that it's true. Oh. So,
0: the end. Um, and then, so, last but certainly not least, we have the famous Hatman. Mm-hmm. Hat Man is very similar to other shadow beings, but he does operate slightly differently than the others um you know as i talked about before other shadow people are vaguely humanoid um they might wear a cloak but this dude is a lot more detailed in his appearance and he also tends to stick around a lot longer um so he is described as being between six and eight feet tall Mm -hmm. he wears a hat like his name implies he is described often as creepy and lurking But, I don't know, maybe he's misunderstood. He could just be socially awkward and curious. Right. Um, he tends to appear during times of turmoil, and he is a completely dark figure who sometimes sports old-timey clothing and hats. His face is mostly indistinguishable, although some people have reported that his eyes glow red. Um, he, interestingly, wears a gold watch with a chain. Oh. And, um... Many people say that they cannot move in his presence. Right. Some people have reported being attacked, jumped on, choked, scratched, kicked, punched, etc. Wow. Yeah. Um, and the Hatman, he, like I mentioned, seems to linger around a lot more than other shadow beings. He um, commonly appears in mirrors or windows. Um, sometimes he's just sitting there watching. Ooh. He also likes to lean over sleeping people. Oh. And he also will hang out like in the darkened corners of your room. So if faceless ghosts to voyeurs are your thing, please reach out to Hat Hatman. One eight hundred Hatman. Oh my god. Two M's, Hatman. Oh my god.
1: It's like oh uh, oh gosh. What was it? Oh yeah, here's your boring, your voyeurism fetish. This is how you can fulfill it without you know, interacting with actual people. There you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you, you want to be watched, Hamman's the man. Damn
1: right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go show off for the ham <laughs> Gross. You know what? I'm not judging. Who am I to kink shame?
1: You You just
0: do you, boo-boos.
1: I'm just a little wary of potentially interdimensional beings being, you know. Why? Just hanging out. Just
0: watching. Why? Because. I mean, I mean, it was good enough for Dan Aykroyd. In Ghostbusters uh-huh. to get the ghost blowjobs, uh-huh. so. Uh-huh. You know my weird love of Danny right? Oh. oh my god. Yeah, you forgot about that, didn't you? I kinda did. I did. Well, you know that. I will never be allowed to allow you to forget that. <laughs> because reasons. Uh huh. So, um, back on topic now. <laughs> If you spend less than five minutes searching Reddit, you are bound to find countless accounts of people's unpleasant experiences with the Hat Man. He has actually inspired music, documentaries, and even crappy little websites dedicated to people sharing their experiences with him. <laughs> it's like the old GeoCities. It's just like that. I found this. I found this one who takes itself very seriously, but. It's not very serious when you read it. It's very unprofessionally done, and I will send it to you later. Oh, I absolutely need that. It's going to kill you. Yes. Um, different cultures experience the hat man. This is not just an American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, reports in Japan, the Netherlands, Canada, like it's, this dude is everywhere, like Santa Claus, like creepy fucking Santa Claus. Ooh. Um but like literally like each culture has their different name for him but each name translates to explain that terrifying awake but paralyzed with no control feeling like that's just fascinating to Mm -hmm. me um so poor anthony my boyfriend the ghostbuster he he's been struggling with sleep polysomnia things a lot lately and, um, one of the things that happens to him is he doesn't see a being either, but he does report that he sometimes will not be able to move. It's like he's attached to the bed yep. or like the blankets are pinning him in place. And he's Oh, like, that's a really good way to put it. And he's like, "It." I could see where someone would take that as you're being held down yeah. or your brain would process it that way. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, Fun fact, did you know that sleep paralysis affects around 10% of the population?
1: I, I would have thought that would be a much higher percentage.
0: Hmm. I mean, but still in the whole world, that's a lot that's of, a lot of people. people. Yeah. You know, it's not like five people. True. A lot It's a lot. Um, the experiences that these people seem to have are all very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to stress, like, that doesn't mean that there's necessarily a supernatural component uh-uh. to these bizarre and terrifying experiences. There might even be, like, a scientific explanation.
1: That's what I'm betting on. What? Some kind of, like, medical... Science? Something. What? You know, that's unheard of.
0: So, um, there are these two neuroscientist dudes, and they're pretty famous, I guess. I don't know. I don't know much about <laughs> neuroscience. But this one article that I briefly skimmed said that they are well-known and famous in their fields, um, Baland Jalal and V.S. Ramachandran, um, they actually propose a theory that some people hallucinate shadowy figures during sleep paralysis, um, and they believe that's because rapid eye movement sleep will oftentimes create more emotionally charged dreams. Mm. So our brains, to protect us, paralyze our body so that we don't hurt ourselves, um, And then sometimes we are idiots and we wake up mentally while we're still under the effects of that sleep paralysis. And um, whatever the chemicals are that are shooting around in our brains at the time, sometimes will produce vivid and terrifying dreams that will still be happening when you're awake. Oh, boy. So um, they believe that like the part of your brain that's responsible for processing the body map and yourself gets like disturbed. Oh. So then it's like you're looking at yourself, but you're not. So oh, the, wow! So that image that you're seeing, the dark figure, is it's actually you. You're looking at yourself in a weird way. Like you're projecting huh. yourself outside of yourself.
1: That's neat. I like that theory. Isn't that weird? That totally makes sense.
0: Because um, s- human bodies are
1: fucking weird. So
0: yeah, it's just basically <laughs> you, the dreamer, are projecting a human-like figure in your brain. Um, I didn't even know we could do that.
1: That just brings us like you remember our our brain diseases episode mm-hmm. like our first. Oh my series? god, that was such a good episode. Like how we talked about we just have this bowl of goo yeah. with, with goo electric. and electricity mm-hmm. that makes us people. Ooh, it Ursula! Us functional.
0: If you're listening, electric jello. <laughs> That's for you, Ursula.
1: Yes adding that to our band names
0: list (laughs) um so yeah um that's kind of the scientific explanation but you know that i'm a weirdo and i like to think about like what are some alternative explanations that's our favorite part i feel like jimmy kimmel whenever i'm like this like i get it you know yeah shout out to jimmy kimmel that's right i love you (laughs) um so, I was doing some sleuthing, and here are some popular theories that I came up with yes. in Reddit World. Oh, God. <laughs> one person speculates that perhaps Hatman is an interdimensional being who is visiting humanity from another dimension, but you can only partially see him because he vibrates on a different level than we operate on. Right. So, I've heard that one. Our vibrations are not aligned so we see him as this shadowy wisp of a man mm-hmm. it's interesting um my personal theory is that he is a variant and he has escaped his timeline and he's <laughs> messing some shit up and yeah. that is why there's a pandemic and the world is falling apart
1: yeah that also really tracks
0: <laughs> fuck you ham <hair>, man <laughs> um He could also perhaps be an astral projection, Mm -hmm. which for those of you who don't know, that is the shadow of a person who is maybe currently traveling outside of their human body. Um, Another theory that I really like, maybe he's a demon who came to feast on all the negative feelings that people feel around him. Like, he causes the negative feelings, so he can consume them and get stronger, oh, you know? Oh, okay, I got like it. Like, kind of an instigator fuckface. <laughs> um, and then, finally, we have aliens, time travelers, and ghosts. As well as, perhaps, just the imagination of the people who are experiencing the phenomenon.
1: There you go. You know? Yep. So,
0: that is my very brief... Explanation of shadow people.
1: I love it. I love it. I anything that I mean in, in my mind that things that are shared experiences. I, I don't know. I always think, you know, so, things that we all do tend to have some kind of evolutionary background, yeah and. I just really enjoy that. Like the the whole uncanny valley um, concept. Like something that looks human but very clearly is not. And why that is so uncomfortable for us. I enjoy that a lot. Me too. This
0: was fun. This was a fun one to this, look into this was. because it's not really harmful to anyone. Exactly. You know, it's not a trauma thing. And sometimes it's nice to just do those lightweight. Yeah. Research we need things, those, especially with the uh,
1: multiple serial killer coverage. There, we got we up. got a
0: lot of murdery goodness coming up in December, for and real. January, for real, um, and then. Just so you know, in February, we're gonna bust out some, like, weird sex shit. Yes! Because Valentine's Day is coming, baby. We
1: do have, we we always keep the, the Valentine's Day
0: episode is always... a typical (laughs) Valentine's celebration. Extremely. Last year was Dick Disasters. Oh, so good. That's a great
1: episode. So, so good. Also, go listen to that one if you haven't yet. It's great. That's probably one of my favorites.
0: So, what are you gonna tell me about today?
1: So, I like this particular topic because it takes me back to my childhood. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. So, I was super excited for this episode because, you know, as we all know, mythology and folklore from around the world have a special place in my heart. Yes. Um, so, for e- those of you who uh, have not, who are unaware, um, I spent a lot of time reading growing up. Like, huge bookworm. And the biggest thing that I wanted when I was little was my very own library card. Mm -hmm. So for my seventh birthday, I begged my parents to take me to the Lansing Public Library so I could get my own. So that morning, we had breakfast at the Flapjack Shack, which was my dad and I's tradition. That's so cute. And he turned me loose in the library kids section. And one of the nicest things about Lansing Public Library, at least, you know, back in the 90s, is that they had entire mythology and folklore section, you know, way back then. And on my first trip, I went home with a stack of books that I immersed myself in for basically a week. So if you can picture the library book scene from Matilda.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. That, that, Mm -hmm.
1: that's what Mm -hmm. happened, Mm -hmm. essentially. So after that, um, every weekend my parents like one of them would take me <laughs> to the to the library to return my books and pick up new ones.
0: I love how we're just creating new generations of nerds after we were. The I nerds.
1: love it. It's so great. It's fun. So then by the time I was nine, I had read every single book in the kids' folklore section. Not shocked. And was given special permission to check out two general circulation books a week by the librarians. Oh
0: my God, you're so cute. Which
1: is really, was really against the rules at that time. So like they were total rebels and I was very excited about that. (laughs) So Way to rebel. I know, right? So this, and once again, this is something that most people don't know about me, but I am essentially a walking mythological encyclopedia. It's
0: true. It's very impressive. Yeah.
1: Largely due to being given that opportunity.
0: Listen, I'm not impressed by a lot. (laughs) But
1: you fucking impressed me. Thank you. I mean. (laughs) So thank you to Miss Yvonne and Miss Jennifer for giving me access to books I otherwise wouldn't have discovered until much later. Um, Those two ladies are exactly why my parents called me the queen of useless information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And most of my favorite folktales originate in Native or First Nations cultures, and my all-time favorite is the Deer Woman.
0: Okay, pause for a second, though. Uh huh. Um, I know you've talked about it in the past, but why is it that you have the love for Native and first-person cultures?
1: You know, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I don't know. I think just because, like, growing up in Lansing, the it, there's a very um, very involved Native community in Lansing. Mm-hmm. So the any of the um, powwows and things, the exposures that you had, they, everybody was welcome. Yeah. So this was a very common thing to like we mm-hmm. would go, you know, we're going to the library. Oh, look, there's, a, there's an event. We're going to stop. Mm-hmm. So growing up and those being public events, everyone's welcome. They were always very kind and very open and sharing their culture yeah. with us. And I always found that really beautiful. So. I just think
0: that's kind of awesome, so I just wanted you to just, recap. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No,
1: I just have a soft spot for, for it. <laughs> so, the deer Woman. Yes. This tale is shared by multiple cultures, including the Potawatomi, Creek, Omaha, and Ponca. Uh, so, these tribal groups are largely Midwestern or Plains-centered. And, in fact, our very own uh, hometown, Kalamazoo, is on Potawatomi land. Uh, the meaning of our city's name is, it has lots of different variations that no one is entirely sure of. So, um, I'm going to go with the one that's most widely accepted. So, that is reportedly a variation of the translation for boiling water or place that water boils. Which actually connects to one of my favorite oh. legends which is a fleet foot. He was the strong and handsome warrior who had to prove himself to be a worthy husband for the woman he loved.
0: Yeah, guys, you got to be
1: worthy. Damn right. He was challenged to run from his home to a very specific point on the Kalamazoo River and back again before a pot of water had boiled down completely. He did it, they were married, and they lived happily ever after. I love it. That's one of my favorites because it's it's quick and easy. Um, (laughs) Anyway like i was saying the dear woman or dear lady story exists in multiple cultures which to me is a sign of how significant she is as not only a folk tale but also as a, an entity an idea um, the dear woman is a shapeshifter spirit who shows a particular affinity for women she's associated with love marriage and various courtship rituals Um, The dear woman can appear as a woman or a doe at will and sometimes a blend of both Mm. So in these large in these largely matrilineal cultures, obviously pre-colonization The importance of women within a community was paramount as well as honoring the multiple roles we play in our own lives The idea of the dear woman at its heart is to remind us of the importance of our responsibilities to our communities and to our families but also to be aware of the powers that work beyond ourselves. The Dear Woman is most commonly used in imagery for First Nations women's rights organizations, especially those with an emphasis on self-defense or stopping the high rates of interpersonal, uh, interpersonal violence uh, against women within the culture. So now that we have a little background information we can get into the actual story. Yes. <laughs> So the deer woman is described as this otherworldly beauty, completely irresistible. So bear in mind that she is a shape shifter, so she can appear as an elderly woman, a young woman, or a deer, depending on the situation, sure. and what's appropriate. She frequently appears as a beautiful young woman with the legs and feet of a white-tailed deer, mm-hmm. i.e. hooves. Hot. And that's the, one, that's the uh, most common representation that you'll see of her. And, as I said earlier, her particular sp- this particular spirit's focus is on marriage love, and relationships, and it's extremely important to her that the proper courtship rights are are applied, and that any resulting relationships and marriages be full of love and respect mutually. The areas of love, marriage, and fertility are her territory. She is often asked to assist women in conceiving children. Serving in a purely benign capacity. Like she's just a protectress of hearth and home. Um, these things that are considered, you know, largely feminine arts. Um, and of course, there is a the dark side of the dear woman. <laughs> now, her singular intent on enforcing the bonds of marriage and the sacredness of reproduction and the reproductive act are um, important as ensuring cultural survival. Mm -hmm. Some of the more classic tales of Dear Woman, usually told from the male perspective, of course, cast her as this incredibly dangerous entity intent on seducing and murdering men at random. And in those tales, the men's lives end either by the Dear Woman leading them to their deaths via accident or alternatively by making them fall completely in love with her and then suddenly disappearing. These men are so very consumed with their love and obsession with the dear woman that they leave their communities and homes to search for her. Unable to find her, the men continue wandering. Eventually, sink into a deep depression, give up eating, and ultimately die of some kind of, you know, wasting disease.
0: You know what this kind of almost reminds me of, but what? not quite. It kind of reminds me of the chick that haunted Bella Lugosi.
1: Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's interesting. So the dear woman is a spirit meant to teach the overall importance of marriage and family within the community. And it's just funny to me that from a male perspective, that seems as it seems to be random cruelty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He was minding his own business. Um, so, like all folk tales, the dear woman story has evolved for modern times. The current iteration of the dear woman places her in a role similar to La Llorona or the boogeyman. Yeah, she's used to force children and young adults into behaving, basically to just scare the shit out of them so they I mean, so they straighten what, up and listen, fly right.
0: Moms do what they gotta do. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fairly common to hear Native American mothers and grandmothers warning children from being careless or playing too far from home explaining that the dear woman would come and take them away or it could cause them to die in an accident. For young men, especially those approaching adulthood, it's different. Those same mothers and grandmothers warn their young men against promiscuity and drunkenness, citing the risk of encountering the dear woman on their adventures and becoming her victims. So dear woman is just code for hussies. Maybe. <laughs> So, this is especially true for married men who harm their spouses. Mm. In cases where a man has a history of mistreating his wife by cheating on her or physically harming her, he's clearly courting danger. Like, he earned it. Yeah. The tears and broken hearts of women are essentially the bat signal for dear woman. Mm. So, usually, the dear woman appears just off the side of the road or sometimes behind a bush, coaxing men to her. So, similarly to sirens or succubi, the men are enchanted by her and willingly follow the spirit deeper into the woods and away from the road. The men almost never notice her furry appendages until it's much too late. Oh, no. Mm hmm. She then lures them closer and closer. Then, once they're, they're within arm's reach, bam, she tramples them to death in a gruesome display of retribution.
0: Yes, girl.
1: Okay. The more modern version of the Deer Woman is obviously more violent, taking an active role in, in the demise of men who cause harm to the women who love them. Yes. Some tribal lore explains the origin of the more violent Deer Woman as a woman who was transformed into a deer after a violent assault. Others treat the transformation as an act of mercy from the original Deer Woman. Basically, um, she witnesses the murder of a young girl by a group of men, The Dear Woman uses her powers, brings the victim back to life, and gives her a portion of her powers in order to take revenge. Mm -hmm. I've also heard stories from those who believe both the original Dear Woman and the new one to be the same. Basically, the increase in brutality is explained by the genocidal effects of colonization, which totally makes sense. Hell yeah. That makes way more sense to me, and I just think perhaps the Dear Woman is sick of the suffering of women at the hands of men in power. Yeah, yeah. So there've also been tales of what happens to men who attempt to catch deer women, which is actually, I I enjoy these too. Um, This was one of my favorites growing up. and It kind of harkens back to, um, there's that one fairy tale about the princesses that wear out their shoes Mm -hmm. every night. No one can figure out why. So the story goes that a man met two young women at a tribal dance. They were both absolutely stunning and super agile. Like, way more than would be normal for a human woman. After the dance, he would try to speak with them, but they would always disappear. And no one knew who they were or where they were from. This happened a handful of times, and the man decided to try laying a trap for them. This time, when the ladies arrived for the dance and participated with everyone, he was able to tie a string to their dresses. He kept a grip on the string, so when the women ran away after the dance, he was able to follow them. When the women realized he was following them, they asked what he wanted. He replied with, to go with you. The women said, all right, near our home is a big hole. We're going to jump into it, and you have to jump in with us. When they arrived at the hole, he did as they asked, and they continued walking. Before they had gotten very far, they came across a cave where there were tons of deer. And apparently that is where all deer originated, was in in this cave. So, when the man approached three large bucks cornered him and asked, "What are you doing here?" He replied, "I wish to marry these women." The bucks nodded and told him to wait as it would soon be time to go out. The bucks told him that when the time came, the women will go out wearing their deer skin, meaning they're in uh, deer form, and then he'll be able to catch them the, the The bucks gave him a deer skin of his own, and he went out to chase the does while he was attempting to catch them. The Bucks warned him that he had to be very careful. He asked why, and they told him that humans travel about and must be watched closely. Dogs are also nearby, but they're not they're not as dangerous. He wasn't careful enough and got killed, of course. Of course. The Bucks brought his body back to the cavern and gave him another deer skin so he can go out and try again. He gets killed again. Oh Jesus. They brought him back again, gave him another deer skin, but when he died this time he disappeared for good. Because he was not worthy of marrying these women. Three strikes are out. There you go. So the Dear Dear woman's story stuck with me growing up simply because it was one of the first folk folk tales I read with a femme at the center acting as the arbiter of justice upon those who cause harm to women and children.
0: I can see why that would resonate with you.
1: I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I think I might have internalized that a bit. Maybe a little. Maybe. The idea of a femme fatale is like, it's kind of universal, especially the kind who seeks justice for others. And for many of us, the idea of a woman taking charge of restorative justice resonates. And in my mind, the dear woman is like the ultimate chaotic good. So I just I feel an attachment. I have a soft spot for her. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, that's that's the dear woman. I love
0: the dear woman. Thank me you too. for sharing her with me. I love her.
1: And there is. I wish I could find the um, the name of this nonprofit that I found. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it later. Yes. But it is, it basically advocates self defense classes and teaches Native women about um, situational awareness and the ways that they can yeah. protect themselves. And the Dear Woman is their logo. Oh my God, that's so great. Isn't that cool? I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that one. That was awesome. Yeah, this was a good. This was a good return. Good way to ease back into. Things. Yeah, because uh, light didn't take too much. Not a whole lot of like really heavy yeah, research that would have yeah. been hard to do.
0: Next next week might feel different.
1: Next week's gonna be, gonna be a challenge. I think. And
0: next three might be. So the next six, yeah, at least next six weeks we might have some. We'll have some mind heavier breaks. some heavier stuff. Um. So, if people wanted to get a hold of us, mm-hmm. how do they do that? Well, basically, we have the
1: same username across the board. <laughs> Every social media SSS Podcast 13. Mm-hmm. So that is Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Insta. And
0: Gmail. SSS Podcast F-
1: at. SSS Podcast 13 at Gmail. Yeah. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook. Assuming they don't ban us. Assuming they don't ban us, yes. Yeah, we're, we're in Facebook
0: trouble. Um, and if you want to help us grow and achieve world podcast domination, <laughs> please, 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 please follow us on whatever um, listening platform that you use. Leave us a review with words that say things that are good. <laughs> um, you know, and share with your friends, like share our weirdness with the masses oh yeah that's one
1: of the things that i i really enjoyed about our live shows and meeting people that never listened to us and trying to explain what we talk about and we're just like we just talk anything that's weird we talk about anything that is out of the ordinary and piques our interest that's literally it
0: weird stuff spooky stuff that's Mm -hmm. that's our bag baby it is it's our thing but yeah so well guys thanks for listening Bye. Bye.